This is The Law School Show. Discovering the person behind the resume. Bringing you their stories and their tips on how to succeed in your legal career. Catch it all here, right now, on The Law School Show. Richie Deere, what up my man? How you doing? <laughs> doing pretty great. Uh, it's been a while since we've done this. I know, it's uh, maybe over a year actually. Yeah. Uh, good to be back in the group though. We thought we would check back in because articles are complete. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Same to you. Feels good. The licensing process is officially over. We are both lawyers. We have been called and that feels good. So we thought it would be good for us to give you a breakdown of the articling experience as we, uh, as we lived it. Exactly. And this is, keep in mind, it's coming from a perspective of working at a private firm downtown, uh, which is primarily focused on corporate and corporate related litigation work. Nice. So let's just jump right in. We'll, uh, we got a handful of questions. We'll both give an answer to each question and then we'll, uh, yeah, we'll wrap it up nice and tidy. Before we do that though, check out the law school show.com for all of the past episodes. I think we're inching toward number 70 now. I think so. And uh, if you would like to become part of our team or have any feedback, advice for us, or you would like certain guests to be interviewed, please reach out to us at info at com. So let's go to our first question, Chris. Can you please describe the structure of your articling term, where you worked for how long, and all that good stuff? Yes. I worked at Steichman Elliott in the Toronto office. Um, the term was 10 months as it is for everyone in articling. So for the first five, I was in the litigation rotation. Um, the way that works at Stikes, they call it Latrex. So it was litigation, uh, real estate, tax, labor and employment, basically everything other than corporate commercial. I chose to do litigation first because following my summer experience, which was also at Stikes, I, uh, I was leaning toward that as my area of practice. Um, so did my five months there. As we approached December, being the fifth month, I decided to go on secondment at Coca-Cola. I was there for two and a half months. And then I came back at uh, mid-March. And at that point, I went right into my corporate rotation. So I had two and a half months there. And the work... Um, when I came back was a 50-50 split between corporate and litigation. And that was, uh, that was it, man. I have a key question for you. How much Coke did you drink while you were at Coca-Cola? I drank a tremendous amount. Not only at Coca-Cola, but all of their other wonderful products as well. Yeah. Like Sprite. Just to let you know, this episode is not sponsored by Coca-Cola as much as we would like it to be. <laughs> So, for uh, my experience was a little different than Chris. We, after summer, I thought that corporate would be uh, where I would be most interested in. So, I started off my articling term doing my corporate rotation first. So, I did five months in corporate. And then I started doing my Latrec rotation. I did about two and a half months of, or almost three months of Latrec rotation. And then I decided to go on a secondment to CIBC where I ended off my articles. 
So when I was in corporate, I did all corporate work. But when I was in LitTrack, I did all litigation and bank insolvency and bankruptcy work. So by the end of it, I felt like I had a pretty diverse uh, experience in relation to different practice areas that Stackman had to offer. All right. What were the hours like? So this is the money question <laughs> I feel that everybody asks. So hours, as everybody will tell you, vary throughout the 10 months. They, there are times when you and I both were there extremely late, uh, well past midnight. And there were also times where we left quite early. And those hours are totally dependent on how busy the firm is and how busy the lawyers that you are working with are as well. So for instance, when I was doing corporate, I was on deals back to back for the first few months. And those were extremely busy times, extreme late hours that I was working at that point. But uh, contrast that with December when things slowed down a little bit and I was able to get out at reasonable hours as well. And similarly, in the track, it started off being really busy in January, mid-February, and then it kind of uh, slowed down a little bit before picking back up right before I went on secondment. And what about on secondment? Were the hours the same there? Secondment, the hours were extremely different. They were, uh, they were, I started off around 8.30ish and uh, finished off around 5.30ish. And they were pretty standard hours. There wasn't a lot of... Uh, uh, variety in them. They, they were straight up 8.30 to 5.30 around that. Weekends off? Weekends off. Nice. Yeah. Um, definitely echo everything Rishi said. You know, to put some numbers on it, I'd say that on a, you know, typically from Monday to Friday, I would be in the office at, set at 9 a.m. and I would leave at 7 p.m. And within that Monday to Friday, there would be um, for sure, one and maybe two nights where I was there until 8.30 or 9. And I would work every other weekend uh, one full day. Um, you know, just, just to give a general flavor, I think that's those, those are the hours. Um, but like Rishi said, it ebbs and flows. Some weeks um, are pretty hairy, whereas others um, are relatively light. And there is definitely some fluctuation from articling student to articling student also. Totally. So you do have a bit of ability to play your own game. But um, without a doubt, the hours are long. And you've exactly. got to be ready for that. And also, it, I, I think it depends on what area you're in as well. Yeah. At what point of time. Uh, if you're in corporate and you are in a deal, your hours are bound to be longer versus if you're in corporate and not on a deal and doing discrete tasks here and there, then uh, hours become a lot more manageable. Yeah. Similarly, litigation as well. I, I mean, I, I would add one more thing before we bounce to the next question is that um, at, our, at our firm and at most Bay Street firms, you are given a BlackBerry and you have full uh, technological access to work remotely. So even though you're at home, there's still um, an expectation that you check your BlackBerry every couple hours and, and you be, you know, ready to respond when, you know, the work of the day demands it. So um, even when you're off, you got to be at least a little bit on. Totally. Totally. And now not having BlackBerry for about two and a half months, I would say, feels good. It's not bad. Uh, okay, Chris. So how does your articling and how did your articling, sorry, differ from your second year summer? Well, I guess we should say initially that Rishi and I both did do our second year summer at the same Stuyton Elliott office in Toronto. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, the biggest differences were one, that I had more responsibility. Um, having the summer under my belt, 
I was just more capable. The lawyers knew me and trusted me a little bit better. So I was able to um, dive a little bit deeper into files and and take on um, broader tasks. I think the stakes were also just higher. In, in the summer, you know, it's, it's pretty well known that you almost have to burn the place down not to get an articling offer. So, in as much as you're you're pushing yourself and you want and you want to prove that you have the chops, uh, you know that you're going to come back to articling, and ultimately, it's your articling performance that dictates whether or not you're going to get hired back. Um, and I guess we we can say that we both did get hired back, so we we can put that you know yeah put that gloss on on everything we're saying. Um, that was about it, man. So. I guess like the final part would be the, that I just had a better understanding of the work and the amount of time it would take me to execute that work and also the people with whom I was working. So I understood, you know, what lawyers worked with what clients and typically how the file files would flow with those clients and also what the expectations of those lawyers would be. So um, just having a better sense of the office culture made me feel a bit more comfortable in approaching people and, and speaking my mind and dictating a little bit of, um, you know, start and stop when it came to my work and my own personal schedule. Totally. And I think that that four months that you get as a summer student uh, definitely gives you a lot more experience than I thought it would. And what I mean by that is when you come back in articling, you feel a level of comfort coming back and not everything is brand new. So in terms of what was different, I felt the start for articling and summer were same. The expectations were same in the sense that lawyers knew that even when you come back for articling, you have been off of work for pretty much a year at that point. So they don't expect you to know things right away. However, the ramp up is way steeper in articling than it was in summer because they expect you that after the first two, three weeks, things you are refreshed, you start remembering what you did in the summertime, and therefore the expectations also increase at that point of time. And then everything, like you said, expectations are more, uh, they expect you to know how to do certain things, whereas in summer, uh, it was pretty easy getting away just saying, hey, I, I don't know how to do X, Y, and Z, uh, because you did not. Uh, everything you were doing was for the first time. But having said that, also, if there's something that's brand new, I felt the lawyers were still very understanding. So, for instance, when I moved over to Latrec, uh, I had not done a single litigation file up to that point in my summer or in my articles. So I was very open with the lawyers that I did not know how to do many of the things, which uh, any other articling student who had gone through their Latrec rotation would have. But And they were very supportive and uh, very uh, understanding as well. Nice. Rishi, use three words to describe the articling experience. Three words. I would say the three words that describes articling for me were, first of all, challenging. And challenging covers a variety of things. Uh, Challenging in terms of learning about yourself. Challenging in terms of learning how other lawyers operate and how to balance your time, how to manage different files. So that's a pretty broad term. Second one, eye-opening. That That's I, technically two words for the record. Uh, you can put a hyphen in the middle, and I think it becomes one word at that point. We'll have a slide. Uh, eye-opening in the sense that everything, again, in articling, you think you know a little bit after summer, but you go in articling and you real you see so many new things, whether it's in my corporate rotation, lit track, or in my secondment. Mm-hmm. And lastly, it was very exciting. It was uh, 
you know, it went ups and downs. And uh, by the end of it, I think all of us have really good stories to tell from from articling. Fair. For me, uh, my three are demanding, rewarding, and necessary. So demanding in the sense that uh, I, I've never stretched my professional limits as much as I did during during articling. And the expectations on the work product are high. The expectations on your professionalism are high. There's a social culture that you have to dive into. Then there's your whole personal life that you have to balance in the wake of all this new professional life. So demanding for sure. Rewarding also in that you have success despite all those things and you get feedback that you've never been given before. And for the first time I was realizing that like, holy shit, I can do this. Like I'm going to be a lawyer and I'm operating at the caliber that this firm expects me to. Yeah. That felt good. And then necessary just insofar as you got to, you got to do articling or you have to do the law practice program. You have to get licensed. So for me in some of those, you know, dark hours where you're working a lot and you feel a little bit burnt out, you know, the fact that, you know it's 10 months, you know you got to get through it, and you know at the end that regardless of the higher back decision, you're going to be called to the bar. You know, it's it's a necessary thing to go through, and ultimately, you know, at least for me, I was better off having done it at Stikes. I feel like you had a theme that, that's really good Yeah. in your three items that you listed out, because nice. uh, clearly I didn't get that memo about having a theme. <laughs> 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 Jokes aside. Okay, next question for you. This is also a very common question that we receive, and uh, when you're talking to any other person, this is probably one of the two or three questions that you will get. The question is, was there competition among the articling students? I say yes. Um, not in the sense that people want to cut you down and you know beat you to the answer and try and hinder your personal progress, but yes in the sense that Everyone is generally aware of who's working with whom, how many hours they're working, the relationships they have with, you know, the administration, what they're doing outside of, um, of the law firm, you know, whether it's other professional activities like sitting on boards or doing a charity or doing the law school show. Um, so, you know, it is a competition in the sense that the higher back is not 100%. At most firms, you know, at ours, it was right in about 80. I mm-hmm. think that's about right. So, you know, we knew at the end of the day that um, some of us wouldn't be hired. And, you know, that in and of itself makes things competitive. But, you know, despite the competitiveness, you know, let's call it this. I'd say it's a healthy competitiveness in that you have to up your game and you have to operate at the same level as these, you know, these, these other people who are uh, pretty real capable. For sure. What do you think, man? Uh, well, I thought there wasn't much competition. And the reason I thought that was I don't think at any point any person in articling didn't have enough work. There was a lot of work to go around. And in fact, there was a lot more work than the students could have handled. So I think maybe I was just naive to the situation. But I, I think if anybody wanted to make a mark for themselves, there was ample opportunities there and variety of lawyers to work with and variety of work to go around. So I never really felt uh, any kind of competition. Uh, but you're right in the sense that there was, at the end, everybody knew that only only a certain number of people will get hired back. And uh, maybe all, maybe some, you, you don't know while you're going through it. But 
ultimately the goal for each individual is to get hired back. So I never felt like we were, there was competition amongst each other, but more so a competition with oneself to make sure that you're performing at the best of your abilities and trying to get on really exciting files that, that excite you working with the lawyers that you would want to work with to ultimately make sure that uh, you're putting yourself in a place uh, where you have the best ability of getting hired back. Yeah. I think that that's a, that's a really important point that a lot of the competition is sort of self-generated because you, you don't know as an undergraduate student exactly what it takes to get hired back. And you don't know what it takes to, you know, write the best memo because you're doing it all for the first time. And, you know, the law firm is not going to set out for you exactly what, you know, parameters you need to hit in order to be eligible to be hired back. You just kind of run through relatively blind and do the best you can and, and see what happens. So I think inevitably you, you sort of compare yourself to others in that sort of scenario in order to try and get a sense of um, how well you're doing. Totally. All right, let's move on to the next. What was the most challenging aspect of articling, Rishi? There were many challenging aspects, like I mentioned before, but I think the most challenging for me was balance. Uh, first of all, the balance between your, your work life and personal life, but even within your work life, there's balance in terms of how many files you should be taking, who you should be saying yes to. And the reason I say that is, in my opinion, the worst thing that worst position you can put yourself in is when you have said yes to many people in terms of the work that you you're able, you're saying that I would be able to do for that person and not able to meet those obligations. And I think when I started off articling, that was the biggest challenge I faced is because you go through those scenarios where people might have said that, hey, I want you on X, Y, Z files, but the files haven't started yet. So at that point, you don't know if you should be going around looking for more work or saying yes to lawyers that are reaching out to you, uh, keeping well in mind that in the in a week or so, you might be in a situation where you just have so many demands on you that you might not be able to fulfill all your obligations. Yep. So that was the biggest challenge that I faced. And I think the best way to handle it, I don't think there is a best way to handle it except experience. Over a period of time, you get to learn what demands certain lawyers will have from you. Uh, but I think the best way one can handle it is by just being open and uh, open with the lawyers that are reaching out to you and uh, asking you to get on certain files and letting them know what you are working on at that point of time. And if the lawyers think that you can handle more, then then go for it. Uh, because at least at that point, they're notified that you have these other obligations as well. So if you come back to them saying that, hey, I work some other uh obligation has come up, which is very urgent, it wouldn't catch them blindsided and they would be aware because you have had that conversation with them prior. So I think that was the best way to deal with it, but it still remains a challenge. And I think as people progress in their careers, it is a constant challenge that everybody has to deal with. Yeah, it's definitely baked into the career of being aware. You know, I think at the point of being a junior associate, you're you know, your balance is off because you never know when you're going to get asked to come onto a file from a partner. When you make partner, you never know when the client's going to call you and you have to, you know, jump on it. So, um, part of the game for me, uh, I'll, I'll say time management was the most challenging aspect. And I say that in the sense of uh, my time as a whole, not just my time at work. So if it, for example, when I would get to work on a Monday, I would have a general idea of how I wanted to spend my days and all those hours within the days. And you get pretty tight, right? Like, you know, okay, like seven hours for this memo, 6.5 hours for this letter, and you get things pretty honed. But 
inevitably, as an art student, you get hit with work out of the blue, and you can say no at times, but, you know, generally speaking, I said yes, certainly more than I said no, because you want the experience and you want to, you know, you want to make these relationships with the lawyers. So um, time management is difficult because you don't know exactly when you're going to get work. Um, time management is also challenging because you don't know how long the work takes you. Like, I, I know I just said that you get things pretty honed, but... You know, when you're starting off an article, it's like, okay, this memo will probably take me a couple days, but you don't understand that when you write a good memo, the lawyer's going to come back to you and ask you probably for a follow-up question. And then because you've already done work on that file, maybe two months down the road, the lawyer's going to come back to you again on that file. So it's difficult to project into the future um, when it comes to where your work is going to come from, what the work's going to be, and then how long it's going to take you to actually do it. And then finally, time management is difficult because... You still make personal plans outside of work. I mean, I, I was married during articling, and I've lived in Toronto before, so I had a. He's still married. Yeah, I'm still married. That is a good fact. Yeah, and I had a community um, inside Toronto, so I, you know, you make plans on a Friday night, and or you try to get away for the weekend, and you know, the whole week you're trying to manipulate your work and, and say yes without saying no to the right people, and, and obviously execute a strong work product. Um, all in hopes of getting out of town Friday at five. And oftentimes you have to, you know, you got to break those plans. And mm -hmm. so really setting the expectations outside of work uh, is difficult. And, you know, that's a challenge that I, I need to continue working on. Totally. Yeah. And I think that's a challenge that, that as you go, as your career evolves, it's, it's a constant one. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know what the solution to that is, actually. No. I mean, I think you, you got to check yourself at the door to an extent, especially in the Bay Street world. It's like you have to be someone who's willing to work a lot. Like, that's just the way it is. Yeah. You can't, you know, you can't work on that on that level without putting in a lot of hours. I think so. when, when it comes to relationships, one of the, like, like you said, one of the key things is when you come back home and you do have those couple hours and you know that you've just handed in stuff, you're not going to get emails right away. You have to leave work at work. You come back home, spend that quality time uh, because you don't know when the next email is going to come and when on a Saturday you might be called in or uh, even though you might might have thought initially that you had the weekend to yourself. Exactly. And that's uh, much easier said than done. Totally. I know, you know my wife and I had a lot of discussions um, about you know, where my head was at during our, you know, our dinner conversation. I'd be speaking to her, but sort of like obviously thinking about work still because you're so charged mentally from working all day. And it's, it's really difficult, you know, on the drop of a dime to switch to forgetting about all that and being completely present with the person you're totally. with. Totally. Um, we'll leave yeah. that one there. So turning things around a little bit, what was the most rewarding aspect of articling for you, Chris? The most rewarding aspect was Getting the feedback from lawyers I greatly respected that showed I could execute at the level they wanted and that I was even at some points doing things a little bit better than they expected. So it, it was, it was the validation more than anything else that, you know, all the effort I was putting in, um, in these completely uncharted waters, stretching my capabilities, that I could actually do that well and that what I was doing there was contributing to the firm. And, you know, and you're not always going to get that feedback. You know, I think more often than not, the work goes sort of unacknowledged. 
you know, like the feedback comes in the form of that lawyer coming back to you later and asking you to do something else. Um, but when, you know, sometimes they will actually come to you and, you know, give you some praise on something you did really well. And that, that validation for me personally was, was really great. Solid. And uh, just on that note, at the firm, we there are four different feedbacks that we get throughout our articling term. Yeah. So there's a constant of even if the lawyer is not coming back to you, you will hear it. Uh, maybe not right away, but in a month or so time when your first feedback or the second feedback round comes around. Yeah. So the first one I think we had was November. Right. Second one was January. And then was March, and then the last one was the yeah. hardback time. Right. So they call them two informal reviews, and then two formal reviews. And they, um, the law firm solicits feedback from other lawyers you've worked with, and um, and that that is rewarding too. That was definitely um, a cool aspect of it. Totally. So in terms of what was rewarding for me, I think uh, it was the diversity of experience. I. Like I said earlier, I went in just wanting to try a variety of things uh, because I wanted to know what I might be interested in and what what is M&A and what is banking and what is litigation, what is insolvency. So I felt like by the end of articles, uh, the firm had allowed me to get those experiences, whether it was through rotations and also just building your own relationships with different lawyers and asking them that, hey, I would like to get on a file with you if it relates with, you know, bankruptcy and insolvency, or it's an M&A file, whether it's a private M&A, public M&A, whatever the case might be. So I felt like by the end of it, I had that diverse experience, uh, uh, which was very exciting because every time I got on a file, it was new. Mm -hmm. And and I liked that aspect, uh, which just allowed me to learn a lot more. So going back now, I know uh, what areas I would like to focus on, what areas I want to get more experience in, because I have at least dabbled in very slightly in, in a variety of areas at this point. Yeah. And Rishi, so Rishi is going back to the corporate group and I'm going to the litigation group. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Let's wrap it up with one more. What advice would you give someone starting their articling term? So... I think I've, uh, the constant theme that I have, I'll, I'm going to stick with that because I think it's very, very important. My advice is that going to articling, wanting to learn this opportunity, you're never going to get again. You're never going to get uh, the ability to say that, Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm still a student. I'm learning because after the 10 months are done, you become a lawyer and the expectations are very different at that point of time. And obviously there's liability that comes along with that as well. So. Enjoy the articling experience by just learning as much as possible. Do not worry about higher backs. And, uh, you know, some people get in the trap of constantly doing things uh, with the focus of higher back that, hey, I want to work with X, Y, Z lawyer because they yeah. give good reviews. And, uh, you know, ultimately that will help with my higher back. So I, I definitely don't go in with that approach, go in with the approach that I want to work with X, Y, Z lawyer because they will give me the experience that I need. They will be honest with me and they will push me to, uh, to the abilities that I think I would like to get pushed to, uh, which will just ultimately help you at the end of the day. Uh, so that will be my biggest, biggest advice is going with the expectation of learning a whole lot and not looking at higher back till the very end. Nice. I, um, you know, to, to run with Rishi's idea of learning, some, some feedback that I got repetitively through articles was that I was 
not the kind of person who acted like I knew everything. I was the opposite. I was very willing to ask questions and very open to learning new things. And, you know, I, I didn't have this big ego getting in the way. And I think that, you know, that's crucial and that a lot of articling students make that mistake where they go in and they think that, you know, I've already done a summer on Bay Street and now I'm articling on Bay Street and I'm like the real deal and I know a lot. And in not, you know, almost unconsciously, they fail to recognize opportunities to learn because they think that they know more than they do. Totally. So for me, the advice would be play your own game and communicate, communicate, communicate. So in terms of playing your own game, you, if you don't want to work anymore because you're burnt out and you feel like you need to go home at a certain time on a certain night, then you have to set up that boundary for yourself. If you're really interested in litigation and you just find corporate really boring or, you know, you're not gelling with the people, whatever it is, then play that card and hit hard on litigation and, you know, focus less on the other stuff. Uh, if you feel like you're, you don't get, you don't have to get along with every single article student and every single lawyer, you know, find the people that you gel with and find the parts of the firm and the practice areas that are right for you because there's a lot to pick from and you can't do it all. So you have to have a pretty good idea of who you are and what you want and the kind of people you want to spend time with in order to, you know, do right by yourself because you don't want to end up hired into a corporate job when ultimately you realize two years down the road that, oh shit, I should have been in litigation the whole while. Why didn't I trust my gut? So you, you got to play your own game on every level and trust that your decision-making is going to lead you to the place you need to be irrespective of whether that's a higher back at that firm or another one. You know, every every person that wasn't hired back in our group has found another job in another place and is doing great. It's just, that's the way it flows. Yeah. Um, and in terms of the communication, communicate with the lawyers as much as you possibly can. Say, you know, how long is this going to take? What are your expectations? You know, these are the other files I have on the go. Do you think I have enough time to do this? Um, do you feel like there's going to be a follow-up work on this file? Uh, I'm going to be away next weekend, so I can't take that on. Is that okay? Like, so really, to me, that was the number one source of getting some kind of grasp on the workflow and understanding the expectations and at the end of the day, feeling good about the amount of time I was putting in and the decisions I was making um, to be at the firm and to not be at the firm. So yeah, talk to people. More is better. Completely agree. Cool. Well, any uh, closing uh, any closing remarks? Is well, there anything we missed? No, I think we covered it all, all. And if you think that there are any other questions you might have, Chris and I are both very open to answering questions. We get numerous emails uh, with uh, talking about our experiences and whatnot. So feel free to reach out to us again at info at thelawschoolshow.com. And if you think uh, you would like us to do a part two on articling and go a bit more deeper, also reach out to us and we would be happy to do so. Definitely. And uh, anybody who is taking probably a little time off right now, right? I guess yeah. people would have time off and they start articles August. Um, in August. So that is still a long way away. Enjoy the downtime because you're going to be working hard. Totally. Well, on that note, guys, have a great summer and we will uh, touch back with you soon. You've just Later. been listening to The Law School Show. You can find all our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, 
or at our website at thelawschoolshow.com. If you liked what you heard, like us again on Facebook and get the latest updates from The Law School Show. Career Advancing Advice, right to your earbuds.